0: Welcome listeners to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Everybody doing good? Come on, good morning, good morning, good morning. Let's give it up for Jesus real quick in the house. We had six people say yes to Jesus' first service. Come on. Six family members... Said yes to eternity, yes to having Jesus be the answer to their life. It was amazing. I love seeing people respond to the gospel, and you're a part of that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for putting your faith in this house and believing God to save people, redeem people, heal people, restore people. I just, I'm so thankful for a church like this. And um, man, God's doing some amazing things already in the beginning of this year. Everybody having a good 2024 so far? Come on, everybody anybody having an okay 2024? Like, ah. Uh... All right, I get it. I'm going to preach to you today for a little bit, and, uh, and uh, we're believing God to really do some special things in our church. David said, uh, I won't rest until I find a resting place for you, O Lord. I won't rest until I find a resting place for you, O God. And my prayer is that this house would be a resting place for the Lord, that we wouldn't just have to rush through church or get through an agenda or attend church as usual or you know, go because we checked a box, that we as a family... Um, we would be creating a place for God to rest in the earth and that he would find a place here amongst his people. He could rest on us and worship and rest in this environment and people could come in this place and see and feel and sense the presence of God resting here and be be healed, be accepted, be loved, be restored. And I just, I think Jesus is a great evangelist and I think the Holy Spirit does a great job. And so if we can continue as a church, as a family to unify hand in hand and to believe God to rest here and not just be church as normal. I'm praying that this 2024 just won't be church as normal. That I said it to the first service at the end. If you, want, if you want normal church, then you might not want to come here the rest of this year. We're going to believe God to, to just rest here. We're going to wait in his presence. We're going to worship. Today, we're going to worship at the end a little bit. We're going to flip it around a little bit. If some of you who don't like things just being shaken up, this probably might not be the church for you. Because uh, we're going to keep following and listening to the Holy Spirit and believing God to do some things. We've already seen some amazing things happen. Like I said, this year, we're praying, praying and fasting at 6 a.m., Monday through Friday, and then Saturday, 9 to 10. We had an amazing time of worship. Yesterday, just for an hour, we extended it and just worshiped, and the, the team worship, led us in worship. And um, I know 6 a.m. is cold, but come on, we got it uh, tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. We got warm, hot coffee, and uh, we'd love to see you out. If you, if you can't make it, we understand, so no, no pressure on that, but we'd love to unify. Uh, I just know that your brothers and sisters are up early at 6 a.m., I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, but we are. But, uh, but, but your, your brothers and sisters are here praying in faith and believing God and, and you're a part of that as well. Maybe you have work or you got family or kids or school or whatever, we understand that. But you are part of our prayer and our sacrifice and our time together and so we don't discount or exclude you from that. We believe God is gonna move in the whole house not just the individuals that show up because we're a family, we're a house. And so uh, God's doing that. Uh, I have other good news. We've, we have engaged and, and picked an architect, a local architect that we're gonna be using for our expansion that's gonna happen right behind this building. We're gonna expand. So we are, we are moving forward. Come on, it's getting real, people. Come on, it's getting real. Uh, and I'm just declaring to you, we're going to build a 900-seat auditorium on the back of this building right out the back here. And hopefully we can connect it somehow to our cafe area so people could drive through and go into the cafe or come into the lobby of the new auditorium. And um, Johnson Architects, they're local. They're going to be uh, our architects. And uh, we're, we're, we're just seeing some great things happen with that. And, uh, and, 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 and just let me, I'm just declaring it to you now because let me just say this. It's going to probably be, it, it'll be two years before we take a step into that auditorium. And so it's, it's probably, that's, that's a great two years, right? So, so for two years, we're going to be believing God, growing, reaching people. And then, and then I'm declaring what the sound of what I'm hearing. I'm going to preach a little bit about this today, but I'm hearing a sound from the Lord about what, where we're headed. And you're, many of you in the middle right here are sitting in the new, be, this will be the kids' worship space, a big kids' auditorium in the youth, in the youth worship area right here in the middle. And then we'll have kids' classes on the sides and different serve areas in the lobbies. And we're, this whole building is going to be kind of reconfigured. And, and we have no idea how we're going to do all that and have church at the same time. So don't ask me. <laughs> we're, going to, that's, we're going to talk to the architects. We've got some great architects that are here in the city, and we're going to be working with them. So anyway, just be praying uh, that, that how we're going to do it and what we're going to do. And come on, we, we are believing God. Uh, to do this in these next couple years. And so, man, let's be a family, unite hand in hand and watch God do the miraculous. I really believe for a a miraculous 2024, we're in a series called Cloud and Fire. And I always love starting out the new year with just something towards the Holy Spirit and really looking at how the Holy Spirit works in our life. Last week, we looked at uh, the Holy Spirit really guarding the promise. And when God's kids came out of Israel and um, this week, I'm going to look at Elijah And I'm going to look at uh, the story where he was battling drought in the land. There was three years of drought. And uh, it's in 1 Kings. In the story of Elijah, he deals with fire and cloud deals with both in the the context of this story. You you guys know the story. The the fire came from heaven and and, and licked up the water and the sacrifice. And then Elijah defeats prophets of Baal, demonic prophets of the age. He goes against them. He's making fun of them. I love it. He makes fun of them. Because he he says you guys make a a wooden altar and you call on your God and see if fire will come down. And I'll make one and I'll call on my God. And these demonic prophets of the culture, come on the demonic prophets that don't know God, were were trying to call on their God. And and nothing was happening and Elijah was like, where's your God? Is he on the toilet? That's what he said. It's in the Bible. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, is he taking a dump, your God? Where is he? <laughs> that's church, that's Bible. I love the attitude the, 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 the attitude of Elijah, just mocking him kind of. He's like, where is he? And, and nothing's happening. Then he calls on his God and uh, God answers by fire, you know, the story. But um, let's pick up in 1 Kings 18, one through two. It says this, a long time passed, then God's word came to Elijah. the drought was now in its third year, three years of drought. Some of you have experienced drought for a long time. The message from God, "Go and present yourself to Ahab I'm about to make it rain on the country." I mean, we need rain in our country. We need rain in our churches, we need rain in our middle schools and elementary schools and high schools. We need rain in our political system. We need rain in our uh, entertainment industries. We need rain in our science industries. We need rain. Uh, We need rain in our country. Go and present yourself to Ahab. I'm about to make it rain on the country. Elijah set out to present himself to Ahab. The drought in Samaria at the time was most severe. The nation's been in drought for three years uh, Elijah gets a word from God. Uh, he has a confrontation with the prophets of Baal. Uh, he goes, and in the middle of the confrontation, I just want to take a little side note. Uh, he says, you make your altar, I'll make my altar. And then they make altars and we'll call on God. And the God that answers by fire will be God. He is God. And so in the middle of all this, Elijah takes this water, takes buckets of water, gallons of water, and pours the gallons of water out on the wood altar. Many people think, oh, he did that to show that it was going to be God that lit the wood and there was no tricks with the wood, nothing that he pretended to do and started a fire. So he wet the wood down to show that there was no tricks and to make, it, quote unquote, harder on God. That's not what happened. That's not why he poured water on the wood in the middle of the drought. He poured water on the wood in the middle of the drought because it was the most scarce commodity on the planet. It was the most precious commodity that anyone could have in the middle of a drought. And he took a faith sacrifice. He took a faith sacrifice and poured it on the altar of God and poured it out in a sacrifice to believe God for the supernatural. Here's the thing. Many of you, when drought hits your life, you forget your source and you get scared to sacrifice. When drought hits, we clam up, we tighten up, we close up, we, 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 we don't give, we don't get up, we don't pray, we, don't, we, we, we can't make that sacrifice to serve because we sometimes forget our source and we're so dry ourselves. How could I sacrifice anything and pour anything out on this wood when I'm dry myself? And the risk is this sacrifice always precedes the supernatural in our life. The sacrifice in your life this year only comes if you remember your source, if you remember that it's God that supplies water, God that supplies rain, God that supplies hope, God that supplies healing. And if you don't forget your source, you're willing to sacrifice because you know God will pour out everything he needs to pour out into your life. So I wanna encourage you, if you need supernatural in your life this year, do not forget the source. Elijah pours out of faith, sacrifice, and remembers his source in this season of drought. The scripture that I, I want to deal with today—it's very interesting. There's this divine encounter with the demonic. There's this huge breakthrough. Fire comes from heaven. There's a breakthrough. There's a move of God, but there's still drought in the land. The Bible likens us to Elijah, why, how he prays and ends the drought, but. But there's a tension in the text, and my assignment today is to deal with the tension in the text that sometimes in our lives, we have breakthrough and thirst in the same chapter. We, we have a, a move of God in a divine area of our life, but we still have a, a demonic uh, thirst or drought in another area of our life. Like, like, my marriage is going good, but my kids are in pain. Like, my, my, my finances are going great, but but I'm in some turmoil and in my family. Like I've got clarity in my mind, but I have some doubt in my heart in this area. Like in this chapter, in the same text, we see drought and breakthrough. We see these two things coexisting and so often if we're honest in our life, we can see both of these things at work. We can have, we can have purity in one area of our life and perversion in another. And it's like, oh God, I, I, I've got this tension and how do I get breakthrough? How do I deal with it? Well, Elijah, he begins to do some things After he defeated the prophets of Baal, after the fire fell from heaven, he goes with his servant and he begins to do some things. And James, in the book of James, says that you and I are just like him. That he prayed and the skies opened, he prayed, and the sky's shut, and that you and I are no different. Come on, let me just say, this move of God and the things God's gonna do in your life isn't gonna happen because of some person on the platform, some famous preacher, some, some person that's got some higher standing than God. No, you are just like Elijah. I'm just like Elijah, that we can do, and we can call on heaven just like he did. So often we think, oh, well, that's the, pastors have met other favor. Those super Christians, come on, there ain't no Super Christians. Bible says, we're all just like Elijah. First Kings 18, 41 through 44. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink for there's a sound of the abundance of rain. Come on. Somebody say sound of, rain. sound of rain. Go up and eat and drink for there's a sound of the abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. Ahab went up to eat and drink. Ahab went up to eat and drink. But Elijah went to Mount Carmel, then bowed down to the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go now, look towards the sea. So he went up and he looked and said, there is nothing. There is nothing. Some of y'all started 2024. There is nothing. Some of y'all looked at your marriage. There is nothing. Some of you looked at your money. There is nothing. There is nothing. And seven times he said, Go again, go again, go again, go again, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, Go up and say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Let me pray real quick. Father, thank you for rain, thank you for unity. Thank you uh, that we can declare the manifold wisdom of God to powers and principalities in heavenly places at the church. That this church, this family of God can declare to demonic powers and principalities in heavenly places the manifold wisdom of Christ. Thank you today as we preach the word of God, as we receive the word, as we've worshiped you, as we go hand in hand in unity, we declare to the powers and principalities that that be that there will not be drought in this house. There will not be drought in this city. There will not be drought in 2024, that God brings the rain and that we will do what you've called us to do. Oh God, we believe you for rain in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Go up and eat and drink for there's a sound of the abundance of of rain. There's a sound of rain. There's a sound of rain. There's a sound of rain. There was no rain yet. There was no rain in the natural. He couldn't, he didn't hear anything in the natural. There was nothing that Elijah heard in the natural. There was no rain. There was nothing natural, but he heard a sound. He heard a sound of rain. How did Elijah hear something that didn't exist? Because he began to hear in the spirit. And I just want to say to you the first thing you got to do if you're going to end drought, if you're facing some drought or thirst in areas of your life, you're going to have to hear in the spirit. You and I have to hear in the spirit. You've got to hear God say something to you. You've got to get with God. What is God saying to you in this season? What are you hearing? And I would say that you began, Elijah began to declare it. I hear a sound of rain. I hear a sound of rain. He probably looked like an idiot. There was no rain. Can I tell you, God will make you look like an idiot for a while, <laughs> You know, that's why I told you it's going to be two years. I'm declaring there's going to be a 950-seat auditorium. It might be two years, but I hear a sound. I hear a sound. I hear a sound of construction. I hear a sound of growth. I hear a sound of salvation. I hear a sound. And so you got to get with God. Jesus said, I only say what I hear the Father say. No one else heard the Father say it. Jesus heard the Father say it. What are you and I, what are you hearing in this season? What is God speaking to you? What sound are you hearing? I just want you to encourage you. Like you might think it's silent. You might think God is not speaking. You might think it's dark. You might think he's not talking to you, but God is doing something. He's up to something. Shh, there's a sound. There's a sound of rain. God's speaking to me this year about my own life. I'm going to strengthen some things. That's my main prayer this year. God's strength. I don't even know what it is. I know some areas of my own natural senses that I want him to strengthen, but, but God, what do you, I, I wrote in my prayer journal that we, we give out, the 21 days of prayer, I just said, God, strengthen what matters in my life that will bring you glory. And so the word for me is strengthen. And, it, and it's kind of scary because to get strong, you got to eat healthy and push heavy stuff. <laughs> My God, what are you going to call me to push on this year in my faith, to believe on this year, to get stronger? What, what is that going to look like in, in my life? I just want to encourage you, man, I hear a sound of healing. I hear a sound of restoration. I hear a sound of blessing, a sound of abundance, a sound of purpose, a sound of rain, a sound of calling on your life, a sound of you are, you are good enough and God is not mad at you. I hear a sound of approval. Man, there's a sound. He's moving. He's fixing. He's working. He's doing some stuff. It's going to be an amazing, amazing year. He's not silent. My my, my wife, she used to to say, hey, shh. She's like, hey, do you hear that? Our kids, our teenage boys, they'd be in the basement with their friends. Hey, do you hear, shh, do you hear that? I'm like, yeah, there's nothing. I don't hear anything. She's like, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, what? She's like, something's happening. (laughs) They're doing something wrong. (laughs) And I'd be like, "Oh, isn't that sad, babe?" Every time it's quiet, you think our children are doing, our boys are doing something. She was right every time. <laughs> I was just, I was so wrong. She's like, Shh, something's happening." And, and, and some of you, you're like, Shh, "You think God's silent? You think God's being quiet? You like, Shh, no, He's not talking to me. It's so quiet." No, 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 no. It's actually God's up to something. God's doing something. God's working something. God's healing something. God's fixing something. God's planting something. Come on, listen to me. Seeds are silent in the soil. Seeds are silent in the soil. So many of you, you know, seeds have needs. Do, do, you, know what, do you know what the needs of a seed are? Soil. Seeds have needs. Soil. What happens in the soil? <laughs> they get covered, they get smashed, they get dark, it gets silent, it gets painful. It gets friction. It gets pressure. It gets offended. It gets angry. It gets mad. So many of you, God is saying, you have a need and it's called soil. And a seed goes into the soil and is covered and is silent and is broken and is hurt and is offended and is broken. And many of you want to run from all that. And we just in Christianity don't want anything to do with any of that. But God says, that's where I bring life. And as your pastor, come on, quit getting so offended at the soil, quit getting so angry at everybody, quit getting so divided and so opinionated and so angry because God's trying to kill you. We need the soil. If we're going to be believers that grow life out of us, it's silent and it's soil and it's painful, but it has a need. Your seed has a need and it's called the soil and it's not popular to preach to deal with young people wanting to be part of businesses and work and jobs and careers or a church staff or individuals. Come on. Can I just say like, like you're wondering why it's so much pressure and why they're coming against you and why all these things are happening because you need the soil for God to kill some things off in your life. Because unless a kernel of wheat fall into the ground and die, it cannot bring forth fruit. And so I, I just want to encourage you. God's not silent. You're like, oh, this is encouraging. I'm, I'm dying in the soil. He's not silent. And so, so I just ask you, I'm, I'm saying this to you because you, you got you to gotta have a sound when you're in the soil. Because the soil can be lonely and deadly. So you need a sound from God. Elijah had a sound from God in the middle of drought. He goes, I've got a noise. I've got something in the spirit. I'm going to hear in the spirit. I'm asking you to actually hear in the spirit this year like never before. Elijah, he bowed his head to the ground and began to pray. The Bible says Ahab ate, Elijah prayed. Ahab ate, Elijah prayed. Ahab ate, Elijah prayed. Ahab ate, Elijah prayed. You got two choices in the middle of drought, to eat or to pray. If you're facing a drought in your life or something thirsty going into 2024 or some area you need God to move, you might have breakthrough over here, but in this area, you know, you need breakthrough. You have two choices. You have a choice to eat or a choice to pray. You have a choice for the flesh or a choice for the spirit. You have a choice for faith or a choice for sight. We just have two choices when drought hits. And usually, usually drought drives me, drives you, drives humanity into panic. Usually thirst drives us into some depression or some doubt. Or some panic, and I'm just here to tell you in my life and your life, we have two choices. God uses drought to make you and I choose. To choose the Spirit? That's why we're praying and fasting, because we don't want drought in our nation. We don't want drought in our church. And so we're praying and fasting not to move God. God's always moving. We're making room, we're making room for rain. We're praying and fasting, making room for God to fill some areas. And so I'm just asking you, what are you choosing this year? What are you choosing when drought hits? In 20, 2006, 2007, I hit a very tough drought. I, was, I wasn't in my destiny and my dream. I was in a terrible job I didn't like. Thank God it provided for my family, but I was traveling 100 days out of the year, maybe away from my wife and my two babies. She was miserable because I was gone and, and I'm on the road and I know God's called me to be a pastor. You ever had a word, but it wasn't working <laughs> And I had this word from God, but it wasn't working. And I'm I'm traveling and she's calling me at night and I'm trying to check in with her. And that's back when you didn't have Google Maps, you had MapQuest. Anybody remember MapQuest? Perfect name for that because it was like a treasure hunt to find a road. We're on a quest. Shouldn't name a, a, a map app quest. This is not a quest. Tell me where the road is, you know, and I, am lost all the time and I'm calling her and I'm frustrated trying to figure it out. And she's got babies at home and I'm going out to dinner to have a steak at night by myself. And she's putting the kids screaming on the phone while she's talking to me. I'm like, this don't all be miserable. <laughs> don't anybody, can I be honest in church? She's like, You need to talk. It was, it was just it was a drought. It was a tough, thirsty, painful season. We were arguing and fighting. And I, I go to this little girl at the house that lives next door. I'm like, Who used to live in this house? There's some demon worshipers. They're like, They were sweet little Christian people. I'm like, The demons are us. We've got it. And then my mother in law, I remember we're traveling and I'm going to hotels. And my mother in law was like, Oh, isn't this great? You have so much time to pray and to seek God and you're on the road and you can just worship and at your hotel at night, you can just seek God. I'm like, shut up, lady. I am watching ESPN and reruns of gladiator. Leave me alone. I I just, you know, I, I didn't choose the spirit. I didn't, and I probably went through a long journey longer than I had to because I, I just fed my flesh, and I was miserable, and I was angry, and I was upset, and I was mad at God, and I was on a journey. I was on a map quest trying to figure out my destiny. But I just wanna encourage you, like when you hit drought, maybe you're hitting it right now. I know, and I've learned that, man, when I hit drought, I've gotta hit my knees. It says, Elijah hit his knees and began to pray. And here's the, here's the reality. If you don't hear with the Spirit, you will decide with the senses, we have a whole world of people deciding with the senses. That's why there's so much division and anger and pain and hurt and separation. I want to go by the spirit. Elijah bow, bows low. It says he puts his head, it says he puts his head between his knees. It's an ultimate sign of humility. You know, prayer is the ultimate sign of humility. Do you know prayerlessness for a Christian is the ultimate sign of pride? I got it. And I, and I, and I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm desperate, like, I... Like, I don't mean praying over the meal or saying something. I'm gonna pray all day. Like, let's pray all the time. And it doesn't have to be weird, but it's like just relational connection with God. I'm gonna bow down. I need you, God. I can't navigate this drought without you. So I'm just asking you, would you go low in prayer? Would you hear in the spirit? Go low. Humble yourself. Get up. Come in and pray with us. Come in and fast. Come in and unify hand in hand. Not just for our sake, for your sake, to see God pour out rain in the areas he needs to pour out rain and What are you hearing from God? Number three, Elijah's praying, and he tells his servant after he prays, he says, now go and tell me what you see. Number three, if you wanna get out of drought or you wanna see your thirst quenched, you have to stay expectant. He tells his servant, go, go and tell me what you see. Go and tell me what you see. Go, go and tell me what you see. Stay expectant. The servant goes and says, I see nothing. Come on, how many of you right now see nothing in that area that you need breakthrough in. I see nothing in that marriage. I see nothing in the children. I see nothing in my dream. I see nothing. Come on, we are not a people that see nothing. We, we see the cross. We see resurrection. Come on, Holy Spirit does a lot of good things with dead stuff. We see life, we see purpose, we see joy, we see hope, we see forgiveness, we see healing, we see restoration, we see a move of God, we see people getting saved, we see people getting their life to Jesus in a service, we see people worshiping, we see hands raised, we see prophecy going forward, we see prophetic calls of God, we see the word of God penetrating the earth. We don't see, I see nothing, but many of you live in that place when it comes to God, you can see so much for all the other things in your favorite teams, in the Super Bowl, in your predictions, in the stats, in your fantasy football team! But you see nothing when it comes to God. Man, can I love on you today? Get out of the fantasy. The earth is at stake. The city's at stake. The world's at stake. I see nothing. No, we see a lot. Elijah says, Go back and look again. 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 I want to encourage you go back and look again at the marriage. Go back and look again at the youth of this generation. Go back and look again at that school. Go back and look again at that job. Go back and look again at your kids. Go back and look at the bank account again. Go back and look at the strategy again. Come on, let's go back. Maybe some of you need a new expectation for this year. Maybe there's been a drought in an area, but you got to go. You know what? I'm going to go look at it again. I'm going to go look at what God says about it again. I don't see nothing, I see God. He's bigger than all of it. We sang that song. He's above every throne and every dominion. He's over every political election, over every divide in the country. He's over every gender, every race, every person, every people. Oh, I see you moving. God want you to do it now. God do it in this area. We live by faith and not by sight. What do you see in this season? Elijah says, go back and look again. Just stay expectant. Come to church expectant. Come to church believing for a miracle, believing for vision, believing for a new word, a new voice from God, something fresh. There was a pastor. He was in an old farm town and there was a drought and he called together a prayer meeting of all the church and everybody came into the building. It was a dusty little town, small little chapel. Everyone pours in there to pray. He looks at all of them kind of angry and says, none of you are in faith. You don't believe God. I hope I don't ever treat y'all that way. Uh, Some days I get fired up. Sorry. He's like, you don't believe God. And they're like, Pastor, we're here to pray. Like, we believe. He's like, none of you believe God. And they're like, we believe. He's like, we, we've got a drought. And he's like, where are your umbrellas? If you believe God. <laughs> and they not, he's like, none of you expected it to rain. Came to a prayer meeting, and brought no umbrellas when you're praying for rain. I just want to encourage you, like, whatever it is you're believing for this year, like, be expectant. Like, do some things like, that you would be doing if the God had answered the prayer. Don't just wait to open the bank account. Don't just wait to open the LLC. Don't just wait to write the book. Don't just wait. Start writing, start believing, start dreaming, start talking, start serving, start moving, start working. Whatever it is, like, don't just wait. Expect that God's gonna meet you in the place that you begin action and activity. Don't wait for the diet. Don't wait for the workout program, Dusty. Come on, somebody. Don't wait to join the gym. Don't wait. Be expectant for God to meet you in the spot that you begin to actually look again at. Matthew 7, 7 through 12 says this. I see Jesus in control. Jesus says, don't bargain with God. Be direct. Be expectant. Ask for what you want. Ask for what you need. This isn't a cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in. If your child asks for bread, do you trick him with a sawdust? If he asks for a fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? Some of y'all might. As bad as you are, wouldn't you, well, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. So don't you think the God who conceived you in love will be even better to you? Stay expectant. Don't bargain with God. Well, God, this year, if you do this, I'll do this. Well, God, this year, I'll never do this if you do this. Can I just say it's about his love, not your loyalty? Stay expectant. I expect I'm going to go back. I'm going to expect it says that it came to pass the seventh time. It came to pass the seventh time. So, so he looks again, he looks again, he looks again seven times. Elijah says, go back again, go back again, go back again, go back again, go back again. Go back again." I'm saying to you, go back again, go out of here today and go look at it again. Elijah tells his servant seven times. And on the seventh time, I'm gonna be real simple with this thought. Seven time. He, he, seventh time is perfection. Seven is the number of perfection. Six is the number of man. He went six times and saw nothing. Simple thought, don't quit on six. Just don't quit on six. Don't, don't quit on the number of man. Most people quit before God gets involved. Many times we quit before God gets into the ingredients. Don't quit on six. Six is the number of man. Six is the number of discouragement. The number of pain, the number of victimhood, the number of division, the number of being dejected. Six is the number of rejection. It's the number of man. And many times we have these things in our life, a mistake that we made, something that we did, a guilt or a shame or a past, and we quit on six and never let God get involved. It's kind of like, you ever been to one of those pizza buffets that you get to go up and kind of tell them what kind of pizza you want? Come on, anybody? You go up and... Like you've been eating some pizza, but none of the kinds that you like is up there. And then you finally go up and like, I don't even know if it's legal. I don't know how it became part of a pizza buffet, you know, environment, but you go up and you get to order and you say, Hey, I would like a beef bacon and banana pepper. That's my pizza can I see one of those? Oh, yes, sir. You go back to your table and you kind of time out it. It's going to take about 10 minutes to make. And then what do you do? You go back and, and you keep looking and you just look at the buffet and you begin to see, and you begin to try to time out and you begin to look at everybody else that might be carrying beef, bacon, and banana pepper pizza. And you're like, don't you dare touch my pizza. I ordered that pizza. And then you walk up there and it's not up there and it's gone. And maybe someone ate some of it. And then all of a sudden, all they have is pineapple and ham pizza. And that's not even pizza at all. You have to settle for pineapple and ham pizza and you take it and you're mad and you're upset and you're dejected and you go back and you stuff yourself with pineapple and ham pizza and it sucks. But what do you do? You keep looking at the buffet. You keep waiting. And finally you get a glimpse (laughs) You run up, you knock a few people out of the way and you take that whole tray to your own table and you eat everything that you ordered. I just think Jesus is saying, don't stop until you get what you ordered. Don't stop praying. Don't stop expecting. Don't stop on six. Don't quit believing. Like, like just don't stop until you get what you've asked God about and for and what you need. He knows it, and keep going and keep asking and keep believing. If it's worth praying about, it's worth praying about over and over and over and over and over and over. Strike the ground in prayer. And I, I believe God will open up some heavens. And I'm not saying Jesus is a pizza chef. Don't leave here and like at me. I'm, I'm just saying, like, like, don't settle for pineapple and ham. <laughs> some of y'all might love that. I'm gonna get some of y'all come over to me after church. That's the best pizza on the planet. <laughs> it's not pizza. I'm not gonna quit on six this year. I'm not gonna quit because they offended me. I'm not gonna quit because they walked away. I'm not gonna quit because they said something about me. I'm not gonna quit because they don't like me. I'm not gonna quit on the number of man. I'm gonna keep looking and keep expecting. And then the Bible says there was a cloud as small as a man's hand that rose up out of the sea. It was a cloud, it was as small as a man's hand that came up out of the sea. You know clouds don't come out of the sea, they come over the sea. It was a prophetic picture that the move of God, the reign of the spirit was going to come out of a sea of people, going to come out of a unified sea of people, come up out of the sea, that there was going to be rivers of living water in you and I, there was going to be seas of people, people of faith that would join hand in hand and a cloud the size of a man's hand, man's hand, the number of five, it's grace, the spirit of God on man's hand, on you and I, that it wasn't going to be a move of God from a platform or some famous preacher, some, some influencer, that it was going to be a move of God from a group of people that were unified as a sea of people worshiping and believing God together in a room, getting hand in hand, driving out doubt, driving out fear, drought. uh, Drought sometimes will drive out doubt because it will unify us. Satan hates unity, so he puts drought in us to divide us and to get us separated. But the Bible says there's a cloud the size of a man's hand that will actually come up out of a sea of people that would be worshiping and believing God and reaching for God and seeing rain come out on a region. That we would be unified as a family not here to play games with church, not here to just, just sing a few patty cake songs, but here to be desperate and to cry to God for rain in a dry and thirsty land that needs Jesus. Satan hates unity. So he sends drought. He's been sending drought between the races and between the political parties and sending drought between, between genders and, 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 and socioeconomic backgrounds. He's been doing it for years, but he's amped up his stuff in the last couple years and he wants to send drought to divide us. And I'm just here to declare that drought is gonna unify us. That drought's gonna unify us in worship and unify us in mission and unify us in calling and unify us around the word and unify you and I around giving and strategy and sacrifice. It says, the size of a man's hand, this cloud came up and came up out of the people. Come on, let me just say this to you. The last thought, don't discount small stuff. It was small. It was the size of a man's hand. Do you know that small stuff is usually prerequisite for big miracles of God? Saul saw himself as small in his own eyes. He got set in as king. A little boy, a little small boy, had some small loaves and small fish and a mighty miracle happened. A little widow had a small mite. And the greatest was that gift that day. Small things are prerequisite to big rain. Small clouds give big rain. What have you begun to not value that you need to go back and value again because you thought it was too small? Because drought has a way of allowing us to value stuff that we quit valuing. There's areas in my life when I hit drought that I didn't realize how valuable that was. And can I tell you that the value of unity and the value of what God's gonna do and the small things in our midst, don't discount a getting up and praying for an hour. One day. Well, it was just one day. No, it's not small. Don't, don't, don't discount your small offering. Don't discount your small words of affirmation or praise to someone. Don't discount your small Bible reading or a verse that you ingested for the morning. Don't discount, don't discount it. Don't discount small stuff. There's big rain and small stuff. I want to go back into worship for a moment. And maybe you're in here in this room today and you're in 2024 and you've had some breakthroughs in some areas, but you've quit expecting in others. Maybe you've quit looking and you've just given up on it. Maybe, maybe you just are, in, are in, in thirst or in drought in a certain area and you never thought you'd even come out of it. Maybe it's been a three-year drought. Maybe it's a five-year drought. Maybe it just happened this year in 2024. I'm here to believe that drought can actually drive out doubt this morning and rain can rain on you. The cloud went up. Listen to me. The cloud went up and rain came down. Something always has to go up. For something to come down. It's science. And it's Bible. Job chapter 36. It says this. 27. For he draws up drops of water. He draws up drops of water. He brings up God. He draws up drops of water. Which distill as rain from the mist. Which the clouds drop down. And pour abundantly on man. Fire and cloud. God draws up drops of water. From seas of humanity. From A group of people, he draws up the evaporation of our worship. He draws up the singing of our song. He draws up and clouds begin to contain the evaporation. As the clouds get bigger and bigger and bigger and can't contain the condensation, they pour out their rain abundantly on mankind. And you and I today as a, as a unified group of people can lock hand in hand as a sea of people and actually watch through our worship, actually watch the spirit of God begin to begin to take up the, the condensation of our worship and take it and take it and pour it out into a church and into a region and into our homes and into our families and into our children and into our worship. Something's got to go up before something comes down. Come on, would you stand to your feet with me? We're going to worship as a a united group of people this morning. Come on, just for a few more minutes. We're here. Church is not over yet. Come on, would you just actually begin to cry out to God? And we need rain. I need rain in this area. Come on, God, I need rain in an area. I'm thirsty. I need breakthrough in an area going into 2024, oh God. Our ministry team's going to be down here. Maybe you've quit expecting or you need a new perspective. Come on, come down to the front as we worship today. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.